Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for December 4th, 2022, the second Sunday of Advent in year A. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Yeah? It's so dreary outside yeah. as we're recording this. It's <laughs> it is gloom city. It's gross. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am... Uh, which Which... In a way, is fitting. Uh, we're, we're recording this after uh, our, our our church service, which has followed the for some of us multiple Thanksgiving dinners that we yes. have. Uh, so the, everyone's a little sloggy. Everyone's a little sloggy and slow, and and uh, it does feel uh, like this might be right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know about you, but I already have my to do list for after this for holiday physical decorations and such going up so yeah um it's no. the season no i'm not doing that uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh if i'm not mistaken all the th- the things never made it to the attic uh <laughs> and are still in the garage uh an oh, easy okay. task for me to bring it in and uh tell tell bethany and the girls have at it <laughs> <laughs> it's a magical thing <laughs> just Throw your arms open. The house right. is decorated. I'm not. I'm just not one for decorations. I'm just. I'm just not. It's uh, um, um, shame be on me, but uh, that's just not. It's not my vibe, man. Uh, it just never has been. If it ain't, it ain't. Yep. No. And it ain't. Um, <laughs> well, good um, luck, Bethany. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're uh, we're moving along. We're in we're in our new year. We're in a new month. It's Christmas. Uh, the the, no, the consumer. Not. It is. You look outside. Yes, you listen is. to the radio. You watch TV. Uh, consumerist <laughs> Christmas has thrown up everywhere. I just love <laughs> the Advent carols playing at Walmart. <laughs> Uh, I do have to say, I did. Uh, uh, my wife did show me uh, uh, the what what I want to be my new Advent calendar, and it is. Uh, they are it, hot this year. They are hot this year. Uh, uh, it is a it, it's a tower. It's a building, a tower, and it's Hans Gruber falling. Oh, I've seen that. One. <laughs> falling. Uh, down the stories, yeah. uh, 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 representing the end of uh, the first Die Hard, and I was like, "That is amazing! I want that." Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. There, there was a Star Wars one I thought you might like, but I don't I'm, remember what it looked like. I'm sure I'm, you had me. You, the, you got me at Star Wars. The Die Hard one is the top one in my memory bank yeah. for. Goofy but intriguing. Yeah, uh, yeah, lovely design, lovely design. Kudos to whoever did that. Um, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so but yeah, we're really we're really into it. I'm not sure if uh, people uh, went crazy uh, for um, for Black Friday sales or Cyber Monday uh, sales since this will be released on Tuesday. All of that nonsense uh <laughs> hopefully we'll be in the, in the rear view mirror um uh, and then those of us who procrastinate like normal adults uh can finally get to work on christmas shopping well i think i think kathy and i have hit the dangerous point where i actually cooperated with kathy's frequent annual wish wish of getting a lot of the shopping done early Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's dangerous because I'm afraid we've got enough done that we'll procrastinate on the rest until you know, December 20th. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I sure will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, so, uh, as far as around the church though, what, what, what do we have going on? I, I oh. noticed that the, the, uh, angel tree is up. Yep. Uh, so, so there's lots of options there to, to buy for family. How many family, do you know how many families we're doing this year? I forget if it's four or five. Okay. Um, and people can just go to the parish website, beliefamilyfishers.org mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Good plug, uh, good plug. click on the links and you will find how you can, in fact, online pledge to support one of these families through one or two gifts okay okay uh, i think we need them back um a week from this coming sunday but that's all that information's there yeah all, all the information's online holyfamilyfishers.org yeah. um uh um what else what do we, we've got a we, we've got one of those uh uh 33 and a thirds coming up 
uh, soon, yeah. are we? On Sunday. Um, and oh, I, on the 4th. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, first Sunday of the month. I'm glad I mentioned it then. Yeah. <laughs> are you special? <laughs> Well, yes. <laughs> Duh. Um, and unfortunately, Joel wasn't here today. So I, I was hoping to get from him what album we'll be listening to. But um, last month, we listened to a well-selected album mm -hmm. that Joel mm -hmm. gave fantastic commentary on. And it really was a moving spiritual experience of an hour and a beautiful evening inside mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i recommend it highly sunday yeah. at seven yeah uh call me when it's abba uh because i will listen to some abba for sure really <laughs> yeah oh. oh am i alone on this in this room <laughs> but i was there okay when abba was clogging the airwaves mm. and, you know Pushing aside Bob the Taylor Dylan Swift and, of your day. Yeah, uh, yes. I gotcha. Or, or I should say the Justin Bieber of your of your day. I, I well, feel Taylor like Swift's hotter right now. Yeah, but I feel like more people were, will take Taylor Swift forever, and oh, and okay. plenty more people were like, uh, Bieber. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> yes. The airwaves all, were all flawed. this all this slander that we're putting on our spiritual <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was the the time of either you listened to the radio or you went out and bought an album mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. tape cassette, and so there weren't as many options as one might like. No, I got you. I um, got you. So makes felt kind of trapped by Abba. I understand. I understand. And now, so many Abba tunes are running <laughs> in my head. <laughs> See, see what I mean. See what I mean. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Uh, well, let's uh, let's uh, see if we can relieve your your uh, your. Uh, yeah, give me um, a bloody Puritan or something. Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, this day in church history, December fourth in church history, our first event uh, occurs in 749. We see the death of Greek Orthodox theologian and poet John of Damascus near oh, Jerusalem. I've heard uh, of him. The last great doctor of the Greek Church. He had been a strong defender Doctor of... Doctor means theologian. Theologian, right, right, right. He had been a strong defender of the use of icons. Yes. Um, so, uh, well, less popular. Uh, 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 iconography uh, is a little less popular these days. Oh, uh, it's still it's still pretty hot if you go to spiritualist stores. Gotcha. Okay, I, I got mean, you. So, it, it's in... It's icons have crossed over into the spiritual but not religious realm. Gotcha. Um, so... Yeah, they're they're actually still quite popular, and in the Orthodox churches, they're central to a lot of different uh, services. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, John, I mean John of Damascus sounds like um, like there's a is there like a um, I don't know that feels almost biblical, like oh. being it's 749 years at A.D. Uh, well, the the Bible was. Um, polished off i think around 400 mm -hmm. so he's post-biblical for sure yeah um yeah. but john was such a common name in general and especially among christians mm -hmm. that almost always they were differentiated by their location got it so like got john it. of patmos is the john who wrote the book of revelation oh okay okay i gotcha i gotcha that makes some sense then um uh, we we move forward to 963. A Roman synod uh, deposes wicked Pope John the Twelfth. No chance for you to uh, formulate your own opinions about this uh, Pope. Um, uh, he, wicked Pope John the Twelfth is deposed. Uh, he had been just 18 years old when elected. So holy cow, right? Um, <laughs> Teenager. Yeah, so depose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, depose that teenager. I'm not sure. Start I, smoking behind the chapel. Right. <laughs> wicked, wicked boy. Wicked boy. <laughs> uh, uh, no indication, actually, uh, as to the his age when he was deposed. Yeah, that would be um, a more interesting fact. In but ways. I'm I'm wondering if it's mentioned because they're somewhat related. Like, yeah. one year later, and you're like, you know what? You're too young. Yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking? You're too young. And, uh, you know, what kind of wickedness could an 18-year-old teenage boy get into? Uh, probably. We Just about anything you can We could probably guess, <laughs> yeah. though. You know, maybe 
some of the some of the problems he might have had. Um, problems, I'll say in quotation marks. Yeah. Uh, ten coveting the fastest chariot. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1093, Saint Anselm is consecrated Archbishop of Canterbury. He yay. had fashioned the ooh yay yeah he's a good guy. Okay, all right, all right. He had fashioned the ontological argument mm -hmm. for God's existence and is often credited with being the father of scholasticism. Yeah, uh, ontological the essence. Oh, okay, okay. Sounds like something that I would experience at the dentist. Uh, <laughs> Only if you got enough gas. All right, I got you. I got you. The I saw essence. God. I got you. So the the the. So so then, uh, do you do you happen to know off the top of your head? Like that sounds as though that phrase sounds as though it loops in on itself and doesn't really describe what it is. The ontological uh, argument for God's existence. It doesn't exactly like oh it's this like you know what I mean like what's what's his, what's the... well at the time there were all. The world was changing yet again, the Western world. And so um, there were a lot of people questioning, well, why does God exist? How does God exist? And so the folks that put together helpful descriptions and answers um, are well remembered. Okay. And I have to admit, I forget what Anselm's particular contributions were, but... I would venture a guess if he's credited with being the father of scholasticism, uh, it would be difficult to distill that down into a short answer. Well, okay. That would be my guess. It would be and like, my, my, oh, have you read my readings? <laughs> my attempt would be, I bet um, that he engaged in some systematic theology. Okay. Which means you, you know, A plus B equals C, but theologically speaking. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And okay. there, there was shoot, another guy who was roughly a contemporary, and I'm forgetting his name, who took from, basically said, if you observe nature, it's obvious God exists. Hmm. That okay. Life itself is such a miracle, yada, yada, yada. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so uh, uh, more, more Pythagorean uh, yeah. uh, uh, in, in nature. See, I also know words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so the, yeah, uh, uh, let's, uh, move forward then 1154 Adrian, the fourth, uh, his name is actually Nicholas Breakspear. Oh, wow. I know. Right. Isn't that a cool name is elected. Sounds, sounds like an auto repair shop <laughs> <laughs> is elected Pope. The first Englishman to hold the position. And at the beginning of the 21st century, he still will have been the only English Pope. I was wondering that. Because yeah. I didn't, I didn't know there had ever been an English pope. Yep, apparently oh. Nicholas Breakspear in the eleven hundreds, eleven fifty four. I'm surprised I didn't learn about that earlier in my life. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it gives no indication as to how long he served yeah, in the maybe position. Stank at it, so uh, yeah, very, very, just barely better than the Pope John the twelfth, the yeah. eighteen year old. <laughs> um, uh, fifteen thirty two drops of molten silver. Injure the Shroud of Turin uh -huh. during a fire. I remember. I remember reading about. I was that. gonna say you were gonna say I remember that. And I was like, oh, I gave away my secret identity. <laughs> Did you spill the chalice of molten silver and start the and fire? I was doomed to roam the earth. <laughs> uh, Eighteen ninety-six. Uh, death from. Uh, we see the death uh, from fever of Peter Cameron Scott in Kenya, the founder of the African Inland Missionary. Uh, and he wasn't even yet 30. Um, but uh, so a, a prominent uh, missionary, I think. Uh, I have to admit, I don't know much about Peter Cameron, Cameron Scott. I don't think I do either. So uh, and it comes from the, the authority for the date comes from uh, standard encyclopedias. So it, oh. it doesn't doesn't give me a hint as to like a no, oh, Baptist down, or. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anything like that. Uh, 1917, all ecclesiastical property in Russia is confiscated. Bonus. Part of the communist revolution. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, 1942, we see the death of Roland Victor Bingham, who persistently attempted to evangelize the, to uh, the Sudan between 1893 and 1902 and co-founded the Sudan Interior Mission. Also a, uh, a standard encyclopedia reference, so I have no idea. What's his name again? Roland Victor Bingham. Okay. The, the reason I, I asked for a repeat was 
Today, the Anglican Church in Sudan and South Sudan actually is um, pretty prominent. So mm. it could be he was an English missionary, but I don't know. There you go. Uh, 1964, medical missionary Dr. Paul Carlson appears on the cover of Time magazine. He had become a symbol for events in the Congo when he was seized by Simba rebels, uh, rebels who executed him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, 19... I thought that was going to have a different ending. <laughs> nope. 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 I mean, almost everybody dies in these things. I mean, you should have seen well, it coming. Usually the more modern ones, it has like open 16 hospitals. Yeah. I, I mean, he trans might have. Translated into English something. But he, and he may have. Yeah. But instead he died. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, yeah, they, they, they could have done more, uh, yeah. I, I think. Uh, but uh, the this was the release of the of him on Time Magazine was uh, the December 4th okay. release in 1964. So it focused on that. Uh, and then finally, 1972, President Idi Amin. <laughs> uh, uh, Pardon me while I hide under the table. <laughs> 1972? Idi Amin. Oh, it, yeah, okay. Idi Amin. Uh, ousts 50 missionaries from Uganda, charging that they have connections with Israel and South Africa. And many of those missionaries were Episcopalian or... Of the Church of England. Yeah, yeah. And then he started killing anyone left behind of our persuasion. Yeah, so the the, the ousted missionaries were the lucky ones. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, 100%. So, yeah, Idi Amin, uh, a really good movie uh, done yes. about him. Uh, I was going to say recently, but I'm sure it's been 10 years by now. Yeah, it's probably been 10 years um, by now. But, uh, but Forrest Whitaker, I think, if I remember yes. right. Fantastic performance. Amazing. Uh, horrifying uh to yes. watch um uh very very difficult to watch um yeah informative yeah. yeah one of the stories i have about that is when i was a teenager i was talking to a friend of mine and he said what are you going to do when you grow up i said hey, i'll become a priest i said oh will you go to uganda and i said no way i said then you shouldn't be a priest like, that's hard <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but i've kind of kept that standard of it will Will I really be obedient to God's call regardless? I don't know. That seems kind of tough. That I mean, that's... Well, we were teenagers. Sure, so sure. Like, you know. I mean, in my mind, like, the first thing I think of is, like, the, an equivalent uh, for some other profession. Like, oh, you want to be a scientist? Are you willing to go to the heart of a volcano to right. study? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I want to do lab work. <laughs> Yeah, will you eat plutonium? Right, exactly. <laughs> no, no. You willing to discover X-rays and die from you know radiation exposure? Exposure? Not really. <laughs> it's been done. Not what I not what I had planned in That's mind. That's why I'm willing to say yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that seems that seems like a harsh question. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a high bar. Though I have to admit, we're still friends. There you go. There you yeah. go. Uh, that that yeah, that's that's good to hear. But yeah, yeah. that's that's a. That's a tough intro. That, yes. That's I feel like uh, um, uh, missionary work in Uganda during that period of time uh, is a thing that you find yourself rising to the occasion for, not the thing that you're like, "This is what I want to do." Right. Um, because who 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 would? Well, um, and actually, if if that was your mindset, probably the missionary society would say, "No, right, <laughs> you're out of your mind." Exactly. <laughs> You're clearly mentally unfit. Um, uh, so yeah. Uh, uh, well, let's uh, let's move on to our readings for the week of yes. December fourth. Uh, that is our first reading. It comes from the book of Isaiah, uh, a little bit further on down the road from uh, our last week reading in Isaiah. About ten chapters. Isaiah eleven verses one through ten. A shoot shall come up from out. Sorry. Oh, goodness. Uh, a shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But what righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, uh, and, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. 
The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. On that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples, the nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Um, okay. There's a lot of imagery here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, a lot of... I mean, a lot of it's it, 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 on first reading. You're like, oh, okay, so peace. Like, it, it'll be peaceful. <laughs> but there's so much of it. Like, yeah. I feel like, generally speaking, Hebrew, uh, like Hebrew poetry, uh, has it, like it doesn't like hit you over the head like a hammer more than two or three times. Like, yeah, generally speaking, generally, this is like. Eight wham, verses wham, wham. of like <laughs> things that don't belong together, and yet you'll do the, the live in harmony. And I'm like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Oh my gosh, I get it. Here comes a bar. So it makes me wonder if there's more at play here. Um, uh, uh, at first, I kind of wondered if maybe some of these, um, some some of these uh, animals represented, uh, you know, warring tribes mm. or or. Uh, you know, different nations surrounding them that were, you know, currently at war, you know, uh, the, 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 the cow and bear, or, you know, but it seems once, once you start involving the child and the weaned child, I assume nobody had a weaned child on their banner <laughs> to represent their nation. Well, technically not yet. <laughs> technically not yet. Yeah. Who are you thinking of? Um, what it's what it's talking about this um, a shoot coming out of the stump of Jesse uh-huh. is a new leader arising for Israel when they're liberated from the Assyrians. Okay. Okay. And Jesse was King David's dad. Okay. Uh huh. So that's poetically saying it's going to be a, a king like David was a king. Gotcha. Which, if you read. The biblical stuff about David is a mixed bag. Uh-huh, he, uh-huh. The, the Bible um, is pretty unflinching in the ways that he screwed that David screwed up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's one of these things where people would say, "Yeah, it's going to be like David." Oh, it's going to be like David. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one. Shut, shut up, Timothy! Don't you remember? Yeah. <laughs> Care for what you ask for. Right. Okay. Um, so that's, I think that's one reason why the following verses are really, it's going to be good, good, good. None of that stuff David did that was bad. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then I'm curious then, why does the imagery uh, f- focus around Jesse? If, if really what we're saying is, uh, you know, a king like David uh, and the the uh, the imagery implies from the same lineage. Why would it not be, you know, a, a, a shoot shall come out from the stump of David? Ah, I see. Okay, um, because you, the the lineage went back as far as you could. In oh, okay. Terms of the description. Okay. And they probably could have gone beyond Jesse, but by that point, people might be. Wait, who's that? Gotcha. Whereas Jesse, as David's father, was well known. And and why is it a stump? Because ge- generally speaking, uh, uh, like a genealogy is tree. Stump implies it's gone. <laughs> right, exactly. So because the Assyrians trashed Israel. Okay. And okay. killed the leaders and decimated the population, and and so even though to a human eye. It's all wreckage and destruction and wasteland. God will still be able to raise up a, a leader like David, even if there's just stumps left, no seeds, mm. or mm-hmm. let alone a full-grown tree. And I suppose, I mean, this could also, um, 
this also kind of seems to cast a fairly wide net then. Like, yeah. uh, if one wanted to, not implying that they did, but if one wanted to, they could be like, oh, yeah, here's Josiah. He's, yeah, no, he's totally from that lineage. It was, wasn't directly, <laughs> and, like, everybody's gone, but it's a shoot, like... Jesse, like father, children. We didn't really count them before, but it is. It's there. It's it's there. You don't look too hard, but it's there. Uh, it's fine. He's fine. He's gonna be like David. He's not David, but he's he's also not like the brother of David or anything. But yeah, same same lineage. All the prophecy stays true. You're welcome. Here you here you go. Poetically speaking, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that um, because. Again, Hebrew scriptures were not meant, were not written to be taken literally. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not literally saying a genetic gotcha. um, inheritor of Jesse's genes is, is going to be the leader. It's instead the spirit and the qualities of that, mm. of David. So... Before in the past, we've talked about how, um, if I'm not mistaken, Isaiah, the, the writers of Isaiah were, uh, along with plenty of other book writers, uh, talking about how you got to stop focusing on the kingship and yeah. and the throne and, and who's going to be king of Israel because that's not, that's not the right, that's not how we should be going. And yet this kind of seems to be reinforcing it a little bit. Well, again, why all this? these descriptions that are so repetitious? Mm -hmm. That ain't how a king behaves in that time. Okay. So it's driving home. This is not going to be a king like Assyria has or Babylonia has. Mm. This is going to be a godly king. And so we'll lift up the meek of the earth, the poor um, shall kill the wicked. Um Righteousness shall be a belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this this is bizarro land in terms of everything turned upside down. Got it. Of what this king will be like, um, because of its prophetic nature. Um, who who do we think it ended it ended up being like, or or was this just simply a call to like, hey? better times are around the corner and it wasn't necessarily a, a prophecy uh, foretold a prophecy fulfilled um more of just a it depends who you ask gotcha <laughs> well i'm asking you yes so <laughs> within the jewish tradition most would say it has not been fulfilled yet mm. there are some who have through the centuries pointed at different individuals and say okay here it is here's that here's that person gotcha um within christianity um, it's often associated with Jesus. Got it. Um, and what I think is part of the beauty of the Bible is it can be yes and mm -hmm, instead mm -hmm. of this or that. Yeah. Um, the world would be such a great place if every world leader had these qualities. So that's a divine hope we can all carry. Gotcha. And if we had these qualities or at least sought them out, the world would be a better place. Mm -hmm. So that would fulfill the prophecy. Jesus fulfilling the prophecy, yes, but that doesn't mean we get to stop trying. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, verse 9 talks about, they will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. Um, seems like that's talking about something a little bit more specific. What's what's the holy mountain? Um Usually, well, it's one of two places usually, either Jerusalem or Sinai. Okay. And p part of this probably refers to um, those poor old Samaritans who were making sacrifices outside of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And most Jews saw and see that as improper. Mm. It also can simply refer to um, people worshiping false gods and killing, making sacrifices on pagan altars around Israel. Hmm. Okay. Which okay. most of the prophets criticized almost to the end of prophecy times. 
Got it. So this was before them being captured by yeah, a little bit before they were. So who are they? Captured. Who are they? Who are they uh, invaded by? Captured by during? Did you say during this? Uh, the um, the Assyrians. The Assyrians beating up on them at this point. Got it. But then the Babylonians will actually take them into captivity. Interesting. Um, anything else about uh, about this passage here? Um. So much. Better just move on. Got it. Moving on. Um, Our psalm reading uh, for today, Psalm 72, choice selections uh, from Psalm 72, 1 through 7. (laughs) Okay, now you get what you mean. And then 18 and 19. Um, So something tells me I know what we're going to skip over. Uh, (laughs) Let's see if I'm right. Uh, So uh, the psalm reads, Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days, may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May his glory fill the whole earth. Amen and amen. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, In his days, may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. What's the next line? (laughs) It's actually... May he break his ankles. On the... <laughs> <laughs> like, what is it? What, what's... It's a repetition. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm on the wrong page. I was going to say, are you, are you sure? I, I, fe- I felt so confident that it was like a all this wonderful, beautiful, flowery things. And if he breaks his promise to God, may he rot in hell. <laughs> Let me look again. Okay. All right. Old... Sorry, sorry. In the day, let, let me let me do that lead up again for you. In his days, may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. Oh wow! I was I would have been right just with different words. Um, okay. It repeats. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. <gasps> um, may the kings of Tarshish and of the isles render him tribute. For he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy. Long may he live. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked all the day long. May there be abundance of grain, yada, yada, yada. Wow. Yeah. Cut for time. Actually, just cut (laughs) for time. Just cut for time. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, there's a psalm that doesn't uh, have the yin and yang to it. I was going to say, no beheaded children or anything. (laughs) Merry Advent, everyone. There you go. All right, I'm 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 happy about this. This is a, a less less jarring of a psalm. Yeah. Um. Then uh. So then the next question, as always, uh, do we have any ideas like a uh, historical context for this psalm? It sounds like since you were on the wrong page, uh, <laughs> that uh, the first time around that there might be more than one psalm that kind of fits this style. So I wonder if they're grouped together and collectively used similarly or sort no (laughs) okay okay all right um i'm just double checking um i guess the ones beforehand are a little bit similar but it's it it is a psalm that sounds like it was created for the coronation of a king Mm -hmm. or the anniversary of the coronation gotcha um and it has the portions of how just this king is and how the poor are cared for and things like that. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain amount of that in the surrounding Psalms, but not, not a lot. I gotcha. Yeah. And and all all this, yeah, it really does sound, uh, I think you're right. Yeah. It does sound like I can very much see this as uh, on, on the coronation. Yeah. Um, um, you know, praying for a a long reign, uh, a, 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 you know, for the king to be wise and just and and godly, um, uh, 
I, I like this phrasing here, though. May he be like rain that falls down on the mown grass like showers that water the earth. Um, the Just life-giving, life-affirming. Life-giving, yeah. Because when the – that's not so obvious in the Midwest, but in more arid areas like California where I come from, if mown grass receives moisture, it grows like nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens somewhat here, but it, mo- it rains so much here, it's not so – Amazing to see. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It, so you, you get a second harvest. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 and they're, it they're not mowing it to play golf. It's to feed the livestock. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So the live, it's really, yeah, I'm sure, I'm not entirely sure the word mow. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not It was sure. still called mowing, okay. even though it was with a hand sick. I was going to say, I'm not entirely sure where that word comes from now that I thought about it, but like, yeah, not mowing and maybe not, maybe not even, uh, I'm not sure if that word is, is a direct translation because I could also see, as you were pointing out, like maybe it's grass that like a, a pasture that has recently been, you know, used by the animals down to, you know, about all it can it can it can handle, and then they might have moved to another hill or another section. Then the rains come, and yeah, you can move the livestock right back to mm-hmm. to that pasture. Exactly. Um, so I'm not sure if it's hand moan or animal moan. <laughs> oh, I okay, right. I think it's hand moan. I'm looking up the Hebrew. Is yes, no, that's it's um, it is the cutting of something. Okay, so it's the same. The same word implies is, human involvement. Then I think definitely okay because the other place it's used is to describe the shearing of sheep. Okay, okay, I gotcha. I yeah, gotcha. So you're, you're, a blade is being used to cut something. Gotcha. Um, we also see something here that um, at least strikes my eyes and ears as semi-unique. I'm not sure how often it it occurs, and maybe it's just because we haven't read uh, all the Psalms yet. But uh, at the very end, it does, it says, it uses the phrase amen and amen. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, the use of the word amen is prolific. But I don't know as if I've ever seen it used twice uh at least that i can recall um i I mean hallelujah hallelujah i've seen uh but not i don't know as if i've seen amen uh uh, and amen as a phrase well okay the next verse 20 says the prayers of david son of jesse are ended Hmm. so that double amen may be the the liturgical concluding of this portion of the book of Psalms. Mm, okay, okay. Because I'm I'm thinking there's a couple other Psalms that use Amen, Amen, but I could be wrong. And is is verse twenty the end of the the Psalm? It's the end of this Psalm. Okay. Uh-huh. And then yeah. Psalm seventy three follows. Right, right, right. But the the end of this one it goes yeah. to, to to verse twenty. How does how does it, it it end? What's the what's verse twenty again? The prayers of David, son of Jesse are ended huh so it is sort of like here ends the reading yes but also uh especially especially put with the reading that we just had Mm -hmm. um i guess i guess that phrasing doesn't quite work for, for what i was thinking of but uh but i wonder if uh the psalm written for the coronation of the king is like hey remember that verse uh you know the you know jesse stump thing here's your king here's the king here's here's could be uh uh which if true uh may indicate it's not the king that's not (laughs) maybe this king paid someone to say you know to write this very nice psalm and it could be so you're saying it's a sneaky editorial comment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. oh it's always possible yeah i mean that that's the fun of the bible (laughs) <laughs> some people would argue with you as to whether or not that's 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 fun especially people who who uh uh are are literalists yeah. uh uh would not find that fun that, <laughs> that comment would be blasphemous have, that's why they don't have as much fun right with the bible right. which is which is uh uh and by, hey 
by fun, I do mean the Holy Spirit opening us up to being right, 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 to being open to new interpretations or old interpretations that have been forgotten. There you go. Uh, anything else about this psalm here? Um, this surprisingly nice psalm. Yes. <laughs> Blew your mind. Uh, it it, it is thwarted a my expectation. Um, it is one of the, it's to me easy to picture this as a liturgical psalm because the poetry is so beautiful. Yeah. And there's, and there is no lament within it. It's, mm -hmm. it's a feel good psalm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on from that feel good psalm to Matthew chapter three, verse one through 12. Yeah. Which is kind of a contrast. <laughs> <laughs> in those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and honey, wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming from coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees, Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Um, our introduction to, uh, uh, John the Baptist here within the gospel of Matthew. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, definitely, uh, Matthew takes the extra time to describe him in such a way. I don't know if he means to, but like, at least to the modern reader, you go, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this would have been eye catching back then. Too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so it, it, in a way, it's not uh, super logical that like, okay, here's this crazy dude uh, or, or crazily looking, crazy looking dude. Uh, and tons of people were going to, to, to hear him like, okay, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. People, I mean, if this were a TikTok video... People yes, but would be going nuts watching it over yeah, and over. Yeah, but what, watching, yes, getting baptized by. Not entirely sure you'd go up to the wild man uh, in camel's hair and be like, "Dunk me, oh mighty dunker." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was a more misbehaving youth. <laughs> it's like, Boy, is this going to piss off my parents? There you go. There you go. John, me next, <laughs> dude. Yay! <laughs> So, Lay that honey on me. All right. Well, then, uh, going going with your route, though, then why why the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Why are they there? Um, well, because he was. They don't. They don't have parents to piss off. They, they, they <laughs> probably presumably already did that. <laughs> Actually, yes. You're right. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, Recenter. They are there for. A couple reasons. One is to bear witness to what's going on. Okay. To show that this was a significant, that John the Baptist preaching was a significant event, mm -hmm. um, which is mentioned in various descriptions in all four Gospels mm -hmm. and in a secular history done by Josephus. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those Gospel events that, it does have independent verification in gotcha. other historic documents. So this was a so we know it. this was a huge deal, and it's understandable that Pharisees and Sadducees needed to see this for themselves. 
Yeah. Again, though, uh, you know, bearing witness to is different. They're they're coming for baptism. Uh, are they are they just like oh hedging like spreading their bets around or like yeah just in cases. Well, one okay. I'm glad you asked. Uh, Me too. <laughs> because I was glossing over a key fact here, and that is at this time in Judaism, baptism with a little b was something for really devout people, a multiple times a day event. Gotcha. Okay. So it it's not like modern Christian baptism. Right. Not bapt baptized and be saved. This right. is like a, pure, a ritual. This is a purification. It's, it's purification almost like ritual. receiving communion. Gotcha. For a Christian, for an Episcopalian. Um, it was so common that if you were wealthy enough, your home was built with a baptismal font at the entrance. Gotcha. That you would walk through to to purify yourself um, from all your sins of the day, I mean, of that day, mm -hmm. since you last walked through that uh, water and therefore have a new start on your day. Got it. Yeah, so just because they were standing with John the Baptist for this ritual, it doesn't mean they agreed with him in the least about mm. um, the judgment that's to come. Gotcha. Uh, well, then, if, if that's the case, then, if this if this wasn't, uh, um, I don't want to say special, because it, 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 in, the indication is that people went out of their way to to do this, so that does make it special. Yeah. But if, it, if it's not uh, the modern sense of baptism and more of a, you know, a, a regular thing. Uh, why all the attention uh, uh, and and the language towards them? You brood of vipers who warned you uh, to flee from the wrath to come. Like, I, you know, these these dudes yeah. do it twice, three, twice, three times a day. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, We're yeah. not fleeing. This is normal. Right. This, this is lunch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's. As, as God often does, God, and Jesus will do this repeatedly, uh, every day or at least a common within a lifetime event is transformed by the presence of the holy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yes, this multiple times day ritual is transformed by the inspiration God gives John the Baptist to kick it up a notch. Gotcha. Probably 10 notches. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where, yeah, instead of, uh, oh, now you're ready to pray, it's, you brood of vipers. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. We're not brood of vipers. Um, and we get to contrast that brood of vipers with the reading from Isaiah of the child being able to reach down into right. the adder's, adder's den. Adder's den. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, the again, weaned child. Yes. The nursing one is playing over the whole of asps. <laughs> yes. The asps. Um, um, well, pick either child. There's snakes involved. <laughs> yeah. 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 And as we've talked about before, um, the pe the people of Jesus's time knew Isaiah really well. That was a, a greatest hits prophet for um, faithful Jewish people, including the folks who were following Christ. Mm -hmm. So, People would have said, oh, yeah, this is right out of Isaiah. Way to go, John the Baptist. You're nailing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I forget. Is Matthew one of the ones that uh, um, the Pharisees and Sadducees play a, an actively uh, antagonistic role? Or are they? Much more so than in Luke. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say. Or are they just there and just as dumb as the disciples half the time? Yes. <laughs> yes to both? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in um, in John, they're really bad, except for a couple. And in Mark, they're pretty bad. Um, so Matthew is is kind of in the middle. Gotcha. And, and Luke, they're just among the various uh, seekers of God. <laughs> yeah, they're just more people who didn't quite get it. Yeah. Along the way. Yeah. Um, so we have all this imagery that uh, John the Baptist throws uh, near the, 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 the second half of the reading. Um, 
all of which I think we've we've touched on uh, before in, in years past and it kind of, you know, it makes some sense. Uh, axes lying at the root of the trees, every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The winnowing fork in his hand, uh, kind of all this purification, mm -hmm. purification uh, imagery. language. But verse nine still kind of puzzles me a little bit. Um, uh, he's saying to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, don't presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. What? Two things. <laughs> huh? Two things. Two things. Okay. There's um, a harking. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'll go with that word. To that um, Valley of Dry Bones. Okay. Prophecy. Okay. Where God takes a, a battlefield covered with bones. They're, they've been there so long and restores them to life. Hmm. Okay. So it's like, remember, we have this imagery already. So don't think that's such a big deal that you have a birth connection to Abraham. Mm -hmm. And... It's also that dimension that Christians do it today. So many faithful people have done it through history of, of finding what looks to be a definitive path to salvation mm -hmm. that then you get to control rather than God. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so even you know, even though you have the genealogy genealogy chart on the wall mm -hmm. that goes back to Abraham, it don't matter. Gotcha. How you're living is what matters. Gotcha. Yeah, so so uh God is able to, to from these stones to raise up children to Abraham, saying like the physical genealogy isn't that special. Right. Uh you know, God makes children of Abraham everywhere or all yeah. the time. And yeah. and, and that you don't have to actually be part of that tree. Or, you know, right, the to, to go back to down. the, yeah, yeah, going back to the, the, the first reading or, or the, from the shoot, from the stump yeah. uh, of Jesse, um, uh, you know, who your father's 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 father was isn't near, is, isn't important to God. God, right. God can, it can, okay, I got A that. very counter-cultural right. message. Right, 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 right. Since it was an era where the patriarchy of the Romans, of the Greeks, of the Babylonians, of the Assyrians, mm -hmm. of um, Israel, was the primary form of identity. Yeah, and yeah. So here's the here's John the Baptist saying, "I know you guys have counted on this for you know, hundreds of years, but it really don't mean nothing." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they were looking for their inheritance for hundreds of years, yeah. and. and in some respects, got it. Generations of, of, of people kind of got the benefit of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the, the special But benefit with standing. a small B. Right, exactly. <laughs> special standing within the tribes yeah. and, and, and everything. But um, but they, <laughs> they were repeatedly taken into slavery. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Crucified by the Romans. Yeah, and a little evened out there. Yeah. Um, so... I'm in the last verse here, um, uh, verse 12, talking about um, um, his winnowing fork in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. I know that we have, and I forget exactly where it was. I know we've had a reading where we were talking about um, the sweepings on the floor of, of the wheat cellar were generally swept up and given to the poor. They were supposed to be, yeah. Supposed to be. And the fact that they weren't was the great lament of the reading. Yeah. Um, but you apply it, if you try to apply that 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 concept to this, uh, it, it doesn't quite, uh, you know, does wouldn't wouldn't the same same thought be had by, by people of like, oh, wait, but the chaff, don't we, aren't we supposed to, do the thing like you're, gonna, you're just gonna light that on fire like what are the poor gonna have it's a yeah it's a it's a, a wonderfully loaded verse that we often oversimplify saying oh he's talking about sending people to hell right um and yet if you dig into it it's not that straightforward and doesn't have to be interpreted that way mm -hmm. um first of all if because 
the technique of using a winnowing fork, um, the way it works is you throw the grain and the chaff in the air, and what falls to the ground is primarily wheat because it's heavier, mm -hmm. and the chaff blows away. Gotcha. So that would so people hearing this from John the Baptist would be saying, "Well, how's he going to burn the stuff that no one can find?" Huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's like it, it, it's again another one of these passages in the Gospels that's supposed to stop stop you and make you think. And not just say, oh, the bad people get burned. But it's like, the, you know, the bad people cast off into the wind, which is pretty bad. Mm -hmm. um, but they aren't lost since God's capable or um, whoever it is that's the he, um, Jesus, whoever, is somehow able to burn them. Mm-hmm. Then, so it's like, okay, it doesn't make sense yet. And I've read all sorts of commentaries like, oh, people would keep it to help to, for, it to, for the chaff to be a fire starter and things like that. But again, tossed in the air, the way it works is it goes away. Right. So we go back a verse. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. Mm -hmm. There's the fire. It's not the fire of hell. Mm -hmm. It's the fire of the Holy Spirit. Right. So even people who we think have been lost, sent off into the breeze to go wherever it will go, Jesus still can find. Yeah. And purify. Yeah. And, and, and if you think about it, so yeah, if you think, if you view, if you read this and view the, the use of the word fire there as the, the change or, uh, um, yeah, primarily that, like, like, yeah. like, that that you you get altered into a different form, then we see lots of that get borne out as, as yeah. a result. You see, primarily, or or at least for me, first and foremost comes to mind Saul to Paul. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, would be that was the chaff. That was some chaff. <laughs> yeah, for sure, would have been considered chaff. Uh, yeah. Not one. Well, gathering. yeah, the the people who. Paul went to after his conversion was saying, you're chaff, baby. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but that unquenchable fire forever altered him. Yeah. And, and it always will. Yeah. It's always available. Right. So that's the other thing that um, we have to remember is that this fire wasn't that long ago a, a, an amazing thing. Right, right. And so to have a fire that doesn't go out, again, we think of it as, oh, my goodness, it hurts and hurts and hurts. Mm -hmm. It's actually, wow, what a gift that would be if we never had to light one again. Yeah. And what that be that would change our lives. Yeah. And that's part of what John the Baptist here is saying is, yes, God is constantly available to you, unquenchable, always trying to find you, no matter how far you've blown away. Hmm. So then I, it makes me wonder if um, what what language is actually used in seven when he's in verse seven when he's talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, uh, who warned you f to flee from the wrath to come. Is it really because we use that that language there, wrath, to then interpret what he's talking about later? Which I think is the reason why everybody assumes that, he, that he's talking about hell. It's like, oh, well, he's talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, saying they're trying to flee this wrath uh, here. But again, like as we were talking, uh, you know, if you examine that language, it's not, it's not so much wrath. It's, yeah, it's not wrathy. Yeah, it's really more like uh, yeah, change is coming, and you can't, you can't, uh, you can't avoid it. You're you're gonna have no choice but to subdue yourself and, and submit yourself to, uh, to this, this fire of the Holy Spirit that's about to come. So it makes me wonder if that word wrath is actually, it's interesting misinterpreted it's or or interpreted intentionally years later to. I think it was mostly, huh. Yeah, it's 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 not wrath really. 
And I have to admit, I've never looked closely at this word before. So I am enjoying looking at it in this moment. Um, it's, it, <laughs> this is, this is going to crack you up. Indignation. Oh. Who, who warned you to flee from the peeviness of God? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, the translators, since the King James Version, um, I think looked at that and said, no, that's too soft. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, There's all this fire talk later. It's got to yeah, be hell. It's got, yeah, it's got to be rats, man. Um, but it really could be, it could be anger. It could be indignation. But it's really not wrath in how Greek was used in that time. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Okay. All right. We're getting down to it. We're getting... <laughs> New, 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 uh, new interpretation required. Uh, let's go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, okay. So then that, I th- and I think the word <clears throat> is connected with the word for ogre. Huh? Okay. So <laughs> you want <laughs> you want the monster eye, <laughs> right? <laughs> Better flee. <laughs> well, then it makes me wonder if uh, the vision that John the Baptist has for these Pharisees and Sadducees is like, uh, you think that you can, you think that you can uh, escape uh, this uh, unavoidable change and purification process that God has in store for you that's coming. Yes, you're wrong. Like you're right on. Yeah, yeah, you got the interpretation. Yeah, yeah that you're you. You're going to be part of this change, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and it, it'll be a lot better not, for you if you don't fight it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, so so it makes me it, it, in that light. It makes it more like uh, uh, in a way, maybe John the Baptist is like, ah, a little early, but earlier than I expected for you know yeah. you you dolts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How did you get directions? Who gave you the heads up that uh, this is, you know, to, to come and, and, yeah. and witness uh, what is your inevitable change? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I expected you in maybe a few more years. Like, and, and with our, our the combination of our Christian anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. we presume, oh, I don't know if that's the Pharisees and Sadducees. They're going to hell. How's that happen? Here we go. Yeah. You know, we back interpret it, back, reverse engineer it from our prejudice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, so that's that is interesting. Okay, all right. Well, here's this. So uh, God is peeved. Yeah, peeved. <laughs> the I love that, the peeviness. <laughs> um, who told you to flee the crankiness of God? Right. <laughs> who was it? Is it you? Did you give them the heads up? <laughs> yeah, fine. Come on down here and be baptized. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Then, then, then maybe, maybe, maybe this isn't uh, so much, this isn't the, so much the fire and brimstone. This is, no, uh, it's not, th- maybe this is, this is, uh, 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 John the Baptist's indignation of like, all right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Pharisees and Sadducees, apparently you found out. So well, in, in that case, it takes us into the biblical parallel of, um, um, Jonah. Okay. Where he got, Jonah was frustrated that God did not rain down ickiness onto Nineveh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this beautiful dialogue that I thoroughly recommend everyone read where Jonah goes, God, you're upsetting me because you promised to destroy these people if they didn't repent. And God says, "Uh, they did repent. Well, then why did I have to do anything? Right. (laughs) This stinks. I came here for fire and destruction. I was promised certain things. <laughs> I de- demand satisfaction. I presume they wouldn't do anything. And I don't like that they proved me wrong. Right. <laughs> Whole reason I agreed to this was so that I could watch that destruction. And, re- and that really is the- yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jonah's perspective. Okay, as long as I get to watch a lot of pain and suffering and fire, <laughs> I will go speak to the kid. How frodden Shoida of him. <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, anything else about this uh, this passage? This is stupid, but 
in that has a very welcome it's home a good, here. Yes, <laughs> in verse four. Uh-huh. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair. Uh-huh. I always think of a beige overcoat. Yeah, <laughs> he was very stylish. Yeah, <laughs> but that's not what it is. They're not particular. I mean, they're hair covered, but it's not particularly long hair, is no. it? No. So. Relatively nude is my <laughs> is my interpretation of that. <laughs> Let's just cut off this conversation. Uh, John, if you think that camel hair cloak is covering stuff, you're you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Even if as the Brooks Brothers label it. <laughs> and with that, that. <laughs> we will call to a close this your podcast for December fourth. 2022, the second Sunday in Advent in year A. Uh, we've got lots of stuff, as we mentioned, going on at the church. So please visit the website, uh, holyfamilyfishers.org, uh, to see everything that's going on. Uh, and uh, uh, Sunday services uh, continue in person, 8 and 10 o'clock, and uh, with a 9 o'clock educational hour in between. And the 10 o'clock service broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. And until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye.